0: everyone and welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Today is Monday, February 20th. Amanda Borchel-Dan here with our editor David Horowitz and environment reporter Sue Sirks. Hello to you both. Hey Amanda. Hi Amanda. We have a lot to cover today, including what's new about today's mass demonstration against the judicial overhaul outside the Knesset the Prime Minister's current face-off with the Attorney General, and what is rotten in the state of Israel in environment protections. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: Do you or your clients have a commercial collection matter that's going nowhere? The Sarachuk Law Firm specializes in the most challenging collection matters, whether it is a single matter or a portfolio of cases. They are based in New York with relationships around the world. Sarachek's proprietary databases and tried and proven methods have earned them an unmatched reputation for success in getting their clients what they're owed. They work on a contingency fee basis, so they're only compensated when they succeed. The Sarachek Law Team strongly supports Israel. You can reach the Sarachek team at www.saracheklawfirm.com. That's S-A-R-A-C-H-E-K, lawfirm.com, or at 646-403-9775. The proceeding is an attorney advertisement, and past results are no guarantee of future performance.
0: And we're back. We are recording this episode at 11 a.m. on Monday, and as we speak, potentially tens of thousands of Israelis are converging on Jerusalem for another mass demonstration outside the Knesset. This week, protesters have also taken the step of blocking main roads and select MK's homes to prevent them from voting on the pivotal legislation that is up for discussion in the committee and other legislation that will be voted on or is set to be voted on later on today in the Knesset. Now, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said the protesters who preach about democracy are the ones ending democracy by preventing public representatives from realizing a basic right in democracy, voting. David, do you think that this roadblocking is a legit form of protest?
2: Well, the first thing to say is that this is a Incredibly dramatic day in, I would say, Israeli history, Israeli democratic history. We should internalize that the legislation that is the first part of the overhaul that uh, is set for a first reading in the Knesset today goes to the heart of the overhaul. It's not some kind of minimal part of it. It's legislation that will give the governing majority control over who chooses the judges of Israel. And therefore, if it becomes law, there's lots of other dramatic uh, legislation going through. But this this goes to the heart of it. This gives the political majority essentially, ultimately, eventually control over our courts. It means that the judiciary is no longer independent. It is I would say, under the thumb of the political majority. A first reading is um, not the the point at which legislation becomes law, but it's a very dramatic uh, point because potentially uh, the second and third readings can be blitzed through, and this coalition we've seen does blitz through legislation, can be blitzed through very rapidly. I mean, potentially within hours, uh, certainly within days. So, although Uh, We hear members of the coalition uh, ostensibly declaring a readiness for dialogue before the legislation is finalized. In practice, if this first reading is held today and it wins the majority that it would win, we are potentially hours, at at most potentially days, away from the most dramatic part of this overhaul becoming the law of Israel. Uh, Against that context, you have a great mass of demonstration taking shape today. And as you said, uh, including some efforts to uh, block roads and prevent Knesset members uh, leaving their homes. Uh, I don't think that's the way to go. Um, If you're campaigning for democracy, then uh, you have to allow the elected majority to uh, get to the parliament and and cast its vote. I don't know how seriously uh, the protesters believed that they would actually be able to practically delay people coming to vote. Uh, but I certainly don't think it's the way to go. Uh, I do think mass protests are uh, um, most certainly legitimate. Uh, I think uh, um, protests and opposition, you know, should and must, in my opinion, be mounted to this legislation strictly within the rule of law. I think you discredit your cause if you breach the law uh, in in seeking uh, to protect it. Uh, so I don't think that's the way to go. Mass protests, however, uh, certainly. And uh, I think there will be very large protests today. This is a repeat of, uh, of protests that were held last Monday when there was uh, committee votes on legislation. Those committee That committee progress is continuing. But uh, like I say, I'll, I'll quote our, our former defense minister, Benny Gantz, talking about uh, a stain on Israeli history if this legislation uh, um, moves forward uh, today. And I emphatically share that assessment.
0: Now, at the same time that many Israelis are feeling a very heightened sense of anxiety, yesterday, President Isaac Herzog said he believed that a compromise agreement for the judicial reform based on the five-step proposal he made last week could actually be achieved in a number of days even. And I just have to wonder, is Herzog pinning his hopes on Herzog's famous statement, if you will it hard enough, in this case, it is no dream?
2: Uh, yeah, I have the you know respect for President Herzog who has tried to, to foster dialogue. Uh, it hasn't worked. Uh, he called for a pause in the legislative process. The uh, coalition said it was ready for dialogue but wouldn't pause the legislation. The opposition under Yair Lapid said uh, it was ready for dialogue provided um, there was a 60-day halt. Why Herzog? I mean, I guess in theory, if there was great goodwill on every side, you could resolve this within days. But uh, in practice, there is no goodwill. uh, And it's extremely hard to see that that uh, hope becomes a reality.
0: Now, in the meantime, there are those who say it is possible that only Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu could be the only one who can stop the judicial overhaul train. But he claims he is being muzzled by the conflict of interest deal, which we should remind listeners allows Netanyahu to serve as prime minister during his active trials. So this conflict of interest deal was interpreted by Attorney General Gali Baharav Miara to mean that he is not allowed to. Directly deal with the overhaul. So, David, do you think that Netanyahu should be ungagged, as it were, and allowed to play a more active role here? Well,
2: there's a few things. The conflict of interest arrangement was agreed precisely so that he could serve as prime minister, uh, even though he's on trial, as you said, uh, on condition that he doesn't intervene in any processes that might affect his trial, and overhauling the entire judiciary and placing it under the control of the political echelon has pretty obvious potential repercussions for his trial. You know, if you're choosing the judges and the whole uh, uh, judicial process is controlled by politicians, uh, there are myriad ways in which you can bring your trial to a halt. Um, so I quite understand why the Attorney General is making that point. She also made the point, of course, that he can choose a different minister to deal with the specifics of the legal overhaul at his uh, at his choice. And we have to remember, that, of course, he did choose the Justice Minister. He empowered Yariv Levin appointed him and Levine uh, presented uh, the quote-unquote reforms on which he has been working for many, many years. So, Netanyahu set this process in motion. Netanyahu can certainly stop it. He's not, he's not prevented from uh, averting the disaster, in my opinion, that he has uh, set in motion. He can, he can you know, appoint some a, a colleague uh, to do his bidding, just as he appointed a colleague in the, in the form of Yorif Levine to, to set this all uh, in, in process. And one last thing, he is the person who can stop this. only he can stop this. Uh, he has all the authority, he has all the credibility, he has all the control. and like I said, it is he who started this train rolling.
0: How do you see us at the end of today? What do you expect will actually happen by the end of today?
2: Well, it's you know it's very dangerous to go into the predictive business, <laughs> and especially when uh, everyone's going to see what unfolds pr- pretty pretty soon. and um, there are not there is no sign yet as we speak. Uh, that the coalition will do anything other than bring the legislation to a first reading in the Knesset. And there is no sign other than that there will be very, very bitter and large protests against this. And I would also just make the point um, that uh, you know I don't think one should have uh, exaggerated faith in opinion polls. But uh, survey after survey in the last few days and weeks uh, has indicated great disquiet, to put it mildly, over this process, not only among people who voted for parties that are now in opposition, but also among people who voted for Netanyahu's Only Could Party. Uh, I think many of them did not anticipate that this legislation in this form would be moving through. Uh, with this uh, uh, speed and with this uh, lack of debate. And I would add that uh, Levine himself, in unveiling these proposals just a few weeks ago, promised that there would be in-depth debate, that it would be a patient process, that there would be dialogue. Uh, To date, certainly none of that has happened.
0: All right, we'll go to a short break now.
1: The world we live in isn't perfect, but it doesn't get better on its own. That's where the work of activists comes in. Whether it's environmental justice, animal rights, or disability advocacy, there are people all around the world striving to make it a better place. That's where All About Change comes in. Host Jay Ruderman talks with activists about how they do what they do and what inspires them to keep going. Because activism is all about change. Listen to All About Change wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I got married this Monday in
0: the
2: middle of a war. You are not a soldier anymore. You are 50 years old. What is the matter with you? It's like a couple of kilometers from here. Like my friend has a 4x4. Let's just go cut across the fields and go get him. Israel Stories, wartime diaries. Voices that try to capture slivers of life right now. And he told me, take with
1: you uh, a sleeping bag and a tent (laughs) and just go. I texted him on like after I was told that he was killed.
0: From their eyes, I was a traitor.
1: Everybody needs their like
0: blankie, their teddy bear, something to make them feel safe.
2: I'm just another grandfather looking after his grandchild while his son is off at war.
3: These children of Hamas now will be the killer of my children. I desperately wanted to talk about sex during my eulogy for ido
1: Everyone has to choose to be optimistic, because we don't have room for pessimism.
2: Check out Israel's story wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And we're back. Sue, thanks so much for your patience, obviously. You are bringing us two situations in which the chaos in the Knesset is affecting your environment, Beat. So let's start with the power struggle over who gets to control Israel's garbage.
3: We're talking about an attempt by the Interior Ministry to take control over a 1000000000 dollar fund that's run by the Environment Ministry for Waste Management. Now, this is a fund. It's called the the Clean Fund. Earns around 500 million shekels, which is about $140 million per year from landfill levies. In other words, a municipality sends its trash to landfill. It has to pay a certain levy. And that money is used theoretically to reduce landfill and to encourage recycling. Now, the Environment Minister managed to get this issue off the Cabinet agenda on Sunday. The Ministry said nobody had even discussed it with them before sending it for a decision, um, but the Shas party, the ultra-Orthodox Shas party, says it's part of the coalition deal that it signed with the Likud. Remember this is the ultra-Orthodox party whose leader, Arya Derry has been blocked by the High Court from taking up office as Interior Minister, largely because of past money-related convictions. So it's not clear what the money would be used for if the Interior ministry even got hold of it. But it is clear that there's going to be a very stiff battle ahead.
0: Okay, Sue, let's talk about the second potential, Shanda, that you've recently written about, a new infrastructure bill that activists are calling, quote, a declaration of war on environmental and climate governance in Israel. What is this all about?
3: This is about the Economic Arrangements Bill, which essentially sets out the reforms that the government intends to make, and it goes with the state budget. And we're talking 226 pages of reforms in all sorts of fields, all of which have to be ready by this Thursday and tabled for first reading in the Knesset by March the 31st, so not a lot of time for discussion. Now, this government has vowed to pass a climate law committing it to cut uh, emissions, global warming emissions by 50% by 2030, In brackets, we haven't yet hit 10% as we were supposed to by 2020, but that's another matter. But on the other side, through this Economic Arrangements Bill drafted by the Finance Ministry, the same government wants to reduce the influence of the Environmental Protection Ministry on the planning process to, as they say, speed up the building of big infrastructure projects in energy and transportation. As we know, these are two of the principal polluting fields of life. They want to swap environment ministry advisors to planning committees with private consultants, for example. The ministry says private consultants can't possibly give the same breadth and depth of knowledge um, that the officials have and warn that they may be exposed to conflict of interest because they also work, you know, and work and advise the polluters. The bill also wants to subject, for example, the decisions of the forestry commissioner to the finance ministry, and the commissioner issues permits to fell trees for development projects. It wants to restrict the public's right to object. It even wants to allow the state company that manages the electricity grid to allow power stations to sidestep uh, clean air legislation. So that's why uh, Tami Ganot of Adam Tevabedin has called it a declaration of war on environmental and climate governments in Israel. And those are only a few of the proposals.
0: Wow, so much to uh, digest. And I just want to end on some good news. So Sue, could you please just tell us a bit about Grace Breeding's NFT biofertilizer that you wrote about, and it seeks to boost crop yields sustainably and strengthen the resilience of plants to climate change. This all sounds so positive. Let's, Let's hear about this.
3: So this is a climate uh, tech company that's doing the kind of thing I particularly like, which is using nature to inspire better yields in agriculture. All plants team up with fungi and bacteria in the soil to convert nitrogen, which exists in the atmosphere, into a form that they can use. They need it to grow, basically. Um, our plants belonging to the pea family, so peas and beans and so forth, are particularly good at this. They have a special relationship with uh, nitrogen-fixing bacteria. And what Grace Breeding has done is to create a formula based on natural materials that can prepare wheat and corn to establish a similar relationship with these bacteria. It's a little bit like preparing a patient to receive somebody else's lung. Um, At the moment, in most of the world, uh, plants get their nitrogen through chemical fertilizers, which are very polluting to produce and also pollute our groundwater. So this method, and so far, according to the company, the results are very promising, cuts emissions, cuts water use, cuts farmers' costs, and produces better yields. What could be better?
0: (laughs) Nothing could be better than that, if true, of course. Now, thank you, David, Sue, for joining me today. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein, and to Gili Amar for this this
1: out-of-this-world music. You can find us daily wherever you find your podcasts.
0: And on our mothership, timesofisrael.com. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next time. Shalom.